Welcome everyone. Our franchise radio show today is entitled Inspiring Leadership Through Storytelling. Why storytelling? Well, we'll tell you that in a moment. And I've, I'm very lucky today to have someone that's generally fairly inaccessible has joined me, Tim Wise. Tim's a, a bit of a legend. He was, a found, he was the founder of the Tap Doctor, the largest plumbing franchise in Australia, had a number of significant achievements and uh, has a, an inspiring business. Um, which is helping people use storytelling in creating their, in enhancing their leadership skills. It's a must for franchisors and any business owner that wants to basically learn the techniques you need to better influence, um, engage and, and inspire others. So it's appropriate when it comes to your relationship and your positioning with your team, with your franchisees and with prospects. So what I'd like to do is to welcome Tim today. Good. How do you do, Tim? How are you? Very well, thanks, Brian. Well, thanks for joining us. I would like to mention to everybody that um, uh, if you've got a notepad there, do write down a few notes. We'll give you contact details at the end, but uh, often there's little gems that come through these sessions, so make a few notes. So I'll start the session by saying, um, I guess my experience of storytelling, I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact that it's a, it's a process that people recommend. People like Seth Godin, people you may know of that are, wonderful sort of um, educators, Paul Dunn and the likes, all promote the use of storytelling. And you'll find that good writers are literally, in, in, in fiction and in education, are telling a storyline so that we all grab a relationship, we connect. But I'm not going to take uh, Tim's um, limelight here. I'm going to ask him, Tim, why storytelling for, for, for business owners? What's the, um, what's, what's the key to that? Yeah, a great question and uh, one we get asked a lot is you know, storytelling is basically just much more engaging than you know someone listing a whole lot of bullet points. So take franchising, for example. If you've got a franchising concept that you're trying to communicate, you want to tell a story about why people should get involved. You know, what what's your personal story? What What is it that helps you connect to the franchisee as a franchisor, for example, to help engage them in seeing things your way. So that's one reason is, is the connection. The other reason is to create clarity. Uh, stories are a great way of setting out what actually happened in the past, what we're doing now and what we need to do in the future. And it's a great way of giving that again without giving boring bullet points or um, some sort of very sterile approach with a lot of jargon, etc. Uh, stories can be fantastic for uh, communicating and embedding values in corporations. So quite often you'll see up on the on the boards in, in various companies their values listed, but does anyone actually live those values? Do most people in the companies even know what they are? However, you know, if one story about someone demonstrating those values is, is done, is, so it doesn't even have to be the story. It could be someone actually doing something. For example, in the National Australia Bank, the GM went around and tore off all of the uh, signs on the meeting rooms which were reserved for general managers only and people saw him do that and that triggered positive stories throughout the organisation which basically was a story that this guy was not playing games, there was no hierarchy uh, and, and meeting rooms were meeting rooms and not just reserved for general managers. So they can embed those sorts of values and they can trigger stories as well. Certain actions can trigger stories as opposed to these things being sterile. 
Okay, so I'm learning it's got a lot of applications far broader than we first think because my initial thoughts, you think storytelling is telling a story to my granddaughter. So let's, let's get into the nitty-gritty. Tim, I, I like from the point of view of positioning you um, more thoroughly than I did in the introduction for our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about your background in, in business and franchising? I know it's an interesting one. Yeah, sure. So I've been involved in business for over 30 years now, and, and one of the first businesses I started was a business called The Tap Doctor, which is quite high profile, and a lot of people have seen it. Um, they were little cars with taps on the roofs, for those of people that don't know it, and we went into maintenance plumbing. We were very niche-orientated, certainly originally, uh, being with a name like The Tap Doctor. We found that focusing specifically on taps just really gave us an edge uh, in, a, in a landscape of plumbers that couldn't really differentiate themselves from one another. And then the, 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 there came a point in time where we thought it would be a really good idea to franchise this plumbing business. We're going back nearly 20 years ago now. And uh, and there were no plumbing franchises at that point in time. And and also there was no one really delivering a, a consistent service that was predictable and was... Um, uh, you know, it was a service that people could depend on. And our USP was, you'll be delighted or it's free, and we lived by that. So we basically had, um, uh, that that was one of my first businesses, and the, the decision to franchise uh, was a really big one. I remember in, being in the car park of our offices at the time in McCabe Street, North Fremantle, and I was talking to one of my mentors, and I was just right on the edge because I knew that to franchise, uh, involved considerable responsibility to those people we were going to bring on board. And it was a very difficult decision, but once we crossed that line and made the decision, it was, uh, you know, it was a, it was a great thing and we never looked back. Uh, after I was in the tap doctor, I got involved in, um, public companies for about eight years. Um, I ran a company called Wasabi Energy. It was, uh, we listed it during the dot com boom and was capitalized at some $50 million within three months of listing. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, the, the crash happened and there were, you know, a lot of things that uh, unfolded from there, but uh, we moved from a dot-com business into um, the energy business and, uh, yeah, it's a great technology that company has. Excellent. Really, that's fascinating. Uh, I'll need to talk to you more about some of that uh, on another occasion, I think. So how did you get into storytelling? It's a bit different from plumbing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess on my journey, I've always been fascinated with um, personal development, and as part of that, I, I ended up uh, doing some work which investigated the, the power of story, and I travelled to uh, New York um, and did a course over there um, in which uh, we basically got really tested around our stories. So um, one day, we, we turned up. Um, at this seminar, it was about a four-day seminar in a in a in a, in a five-star hotel. And on the second day, we turned up there, and uh, we were expecting breakfast, uh, but all there was was jugs of water on the table. <laughs> and there was a question on everything: Who would you be without your story? Now we had a story that we were going to receive breakfast that morning. Uh, we didn't receive breakfast; we received jugs of water, and that went on for the next couple of days. And uh, then we had to investigate what our story was around around food and many other things that that triggered. From there, um, I became interested in business storytelling and got involved with a company called Anecdote, which has been in the storytelling business since 2004. 
and um, and I attended a number of their programs and became really interested in, in what they were doing and the really simple way that they were able to communicate what business storytelling is and how you can apply that immediately in your business in a very practical way. Excellent. Okay, that sounds that's fascinating. So, so you're obviously pretty committed to what you do. I think we're going to pick your brains a bit here. So let, let's plug in because people listening today are all interested in franchising one way or another. Um, so maybe you could tell me why you think it's particularly, um, you know, why it's got particular application in franchising. Um, you know, why it is a good idea yeah. in the industry, in this sector? What's the particular, why the particular benefits or attraction? Yeah, well, I guess the first thing is that franchising is a story. You know, we tell the story of franchising, which is that, you know, if you buy a franchise, you're going to be assisted in the process, you're going to have a recognised brand, you're going to have systems and procedures that you can adhere to, and it's going to make the whole thing a lot easier. So we need to be able to recognise what the story of franchising is, both for the franchisor and the franchisee, and we need to be able to deliver on that story consistently. So, you know, really, you mentioned Seth Godden before, and he puts it very beautifully, and he says, everybody buys into a story of some kind, and we, we tell ourselves what we want to believe around certain things. That, that is what a story is. So, for example, if we, we want to buy a Rolex watch, uh, we buy that because of the story around the Rolex. It's not that the Rolex tells the time better than the Seiko. It's that the Rolex is a story. It's a, it's a story of, um, uh, of status. It's a story of, you know, I'm, I'm doing well, um, you know, and then people can see that. You're showing it to the world. So we buy story in everything, and franchising is no exception in that. So I guess I would encourage you know the listeners to really think about you know what is their story, what is the story that they're pitching, what is the story that their franchisees are buying, and and uh, and are they able to deliver on that consistently? Right. So let's get that message through. So look, it's a, that brings me to a, a double-headed question, I guess. Um, what is a business story then, and, and how do you identify and tell a business story in, in the context of business? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, a business story is different to like a bedtime story that you might read to your, to your children. So, so a business story starts with a time and a place. And if you take nothing else away from, from this session, that's probably one of the most important things you can take away because when you understand that a story always starts with a time and a place, you can easily spot stories and you can much more easily tell stories. So what I'll often do in a 24-hour period is I'll think about the events in my life and I will tell it as a story. Uh, so, for example, uh, I could tell what happened this morning. This morning I, I woke up at 5.30 um, I'm currently up in Perth where I spend a lot of time, but I actually live in Yellingup. But I was in Perth and I, I've got a little unit up here that I stay in. And because the rest of my family are up in Perth at the moment as well, we've got our two dogs in the unit. So I grabbed my two dogs and I took them out for a walk. We went down, we lived, you know, we're, we're quite close to the beach. I took them for a long one hour walk down on the beach and came home and sat down at my computer and started doing a little bit of work. So, that is a that is a story in the sense I could have just told you that in a very but I told you as a story, meaning that you know this morning I woke up at five thirty and I was in my unit in Cottesloe. Okay, so when you when you start that way, 
you automatically lead yourself into a story. So a business story always starts with a place and a time. And then from there, there's a series of events. So you basically, in business storytelling, you might, uh, you would, you, we would say, this happened, then that happened, then that happened, and the business point is this. Does that make sense? So, yeah, so yeah. a time, a place, series of events, and the point was this, okay? So yep, that's yep, the structure right. of this. Yeah. Okay, so you 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 really you, you really I suppose you're weaving it into a a, a, a real life context um, in that respect. Okay, yeah. that sounds that sounds fascinating. Yeah, that, the, oh. the other thing that's really important, Brian, is actually what a lot of people do with storytelling is they shy away from an actual event. Okay, so the other really important thing is to narrow in on a specific event. So the specific event that I just spoke about was taking my dog for a walk, okay? Now, oh, that's okay. not a business story. But just, I was just using that as an example because that's something that happened this morning and I often use those things to practice my, my storytelling. So I will go, I will just say it as, an, as specifically communicating that event. Right, and it's something else of interest that isn't just bang, 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 the bullet point, sort of just a rote sort of recital of a, yeah. of a, of a sort of a, a series of events. I'm with you. Okay. So um, yeah. when it comes to business, what would you see then as the key? We touched on this briefly before, but what are the key benefits of telling stories in business as you see it then, the real nitty-gritty? What's, what's the real objective and the point of it? Well, it depends what type of story you're telling. So, you know, there's a bunch of different stories you can tell. For example, the most important thing, you know, when you initially meet someone is to actually tell a story where you're going to connect with them. So what is it that's similar? What have you got to communicate that's similar to, uh, to your audience? And what is it that tells something, tells the audience something unique about you, okay? So, for example, we're on a call here in franchising. I assume that for me to connect with the audience here, I would tell some type of franchising story, and 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 that would is what we call a connection story. Uh, like I remember the time when um, uh, when I in the very early years when we just got into franchising, and uh, we had this uh, we had this one worker. We called him his name was Simon, but we called him Mondo, and I don't know where that name came from, but this guy was a bit of a lone wolf, but he was a fantastic performer. Like he would, he performed incredibly well and brought in more money than any of the other plumbers, but he didn't adhere to any of our rules. <laughs> so we were faced with this kind of, we were faced with this real sort of value crisis whereby this guy was performing and, you know, you know, working the system really well in the sense that he was bringing in lots of money, but he was completely flouting the, the rules that, that we'd set out and, and we were upset about that. But me and my partner, was a quite a rainy night and, and it was a cold winter's night here in Perth, as cold as it gets anyway, and we travelled out to see him and I remember we both decided we had to confront him on this issue because he was also, we thought he was stealing some money from us as well. So we confronted him in his home and it was quite a, it was, it was a very, um, almost a violent sort of affair because see, this guy was a little bit on the edge. And, um, I remember, you know, coming away feeling quite threatened 
and smashing my hands on the dashboard of the car going, you know, we've blown it, you know, this is a nightmare, we're never going to be able... I was, I was totally ensconced in the problem that we had at the time. It was quite early in my business career. And after that time, things started to turn and actually got a lot better. But it was a real turning point in that, in, in the, in the business point, I guess, and I'm, and I'm, I wouldn't normally say the business point, but basically what I'm, I'm saying this for the benefit of the listeners is that the business point out of this is that you can think you're in the darkest hour and it is right before the dawn. And how often does that happen to us in business? Mm. I can remember thinking the whole world was coming to an end because we had a problem with this one franchisee and it, it seemed like it was unresolvable and he was just playing with us and we felt really disempowered by that. So, you know, that's an example of a connection story where, you know, it tells something about me in my business at, at, at business at that time. It tells something about how I've evolved. It also communicates and says to, to the listeners that, I'm the same as you. I'm sure you've, you've possibly had a similar circumstance to that or something similar happened to you. So connection yeah. stories are that one type of story that's very important. Until we connect, we have no influence. We have no, we can't inspire people to do anything because we're just on different pages. Yes, absolutely. You got me glued to the edge of my seat here. That's a fascinating story. So, what was the yeah. out, what was the outcome with Mondo? Sorry to go off script here. But... Yeah, Mondo. Uh, <laughs> Mondo uh, actually left the company shortly after that. Yeah. And interestingly, actually, uh, yeah, he actually ended up in a in a cycle. <laughs> funnily enough, but you know, it, it also. I mean, I, the other thing out of that is something I learned about franchising is that, you know, you've really got to select your people carefully. And I'm sure this is something you've communicated with you with your listeners before, Brian, but, you know, it is all about the quality of the people that, that you select. Mm-hmm. And, you know, selecting the right people makes the makes the whole process um, so much more um, I guess enjoyable <laughs> because uh, you're not always fine. Yes, yeah, we're f- f- fighting wars on all sorts of fronts just doesn't doesn't get you moving forward. Well, I've picked up quite a few things here, you know, with regards to the the fact you need to create it, that it creates a connection. There's certain things you need to do as far as time and place. So I did have I'd written down a few questions before we started, and you may feel we've addressed this one. But the next question I had: are What are the keys to a good business story? Yeah, great. So. Basically, there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of things about a great business story. So, the first point I want to make is you don't have to tell the big hero's journey, and this is why a lot of people get put off storytelling. Is because they watch the Hollywood epics and they think, oh, there's no way I could tell a story like that. You know, uh, story of Luke Skywalker or you know yeah. finding his mentor and then he challenged and then you know. Um, you know, just before he breaks through, he has another massive challenge. You know, these types of what we call, we call them um, big S stories. We don't have to tell those types of stories. In business storytelling, we tend to tend, tend to tell small S stories, which basically just follows uh, the, the, um, the formula that I set out before. So you, are, you, you identify a time and a place. One thing we don't do, Brian, is we don't say, I've got a story. I mean, if I say to you, Brian, I want to tell you a story, what kind of goes through your mind? <laughs> yeah, you think, you, think you think there's a bit of imagination coming to play or you, you know, it's going to be a bit boring or something of that yeah. nature? Yeah. 
Yeah, those sorts of things we typically find people say is, you know, like, you know, oh, here we go. I mean, you you kind of look at your watch and go, how long am I going to be here for and all that Mm. sort of thing because in some respects storytelling's got a bad rap because some people don't tell stories very well. And so one of the things about business storing and storytelling and one of the ways that people engage is to keep it short and sharp is the first thing. The second thing is, you know, as I said before, you don't want to actually say, uh, you know, I've got this great story. You just lead in with a time and a place. I didn't say I'm going to tell a story about my dog. I said, you know, this morning I woke up at 5.30. And that's quite, that can be confronting for people because the story, when you say I've got this story, it kind of helps as a segue lead in, but it takes away power from the story. Mm-hmm. So a good business story always starts with, you know, a time and a place. And then it follows a sequence of events. And, and so what you can do, I mean, I was in, I was doing a seminar the other day and I had a guy in the audience who was in the Frisbee business. He was promoting the benefits of Frisbees around the world and he was telling the global story of the Frisbee. And I encouraged him to go into identifying a specific event when he realized that Frisbee was something that was something, was something very special. And he, he, he told a story about um, a kid that he'd met in the Maldives and he, he, he explained, you know, I was in the Maldives and there was palm trees and aqua blue water, okay? So that's mm. another key to a good story. You don't have to go into a lot of detail, but as soon as I say there were palm trees and aqua blue water and we were in the Maldives, everyone can be transported there immediately. Mm. You see? Yeah. So, so it doesn't have to be, you know, the sun was setting in the east and, you know, there was, uh, you know, there was um, swans cruising down the water and as they moved through the water, the, you know, the, they formed a wake that gently glided off the feathers of their body. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. <laughs> it, can just be, it can just be like very generic palm trees and aqua blue water and then we take our audience immediately there with us. So you leave them to so, come up with a story with a colour. You just talk colloquially and just describe it in essence, uh, but basically. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, like so. Let's just chosen for a minute. You know, like I I walked into a McDonald's store. You know, I was immediately struck by the massive, you know, um, golden arches, right, which were red in the middle and yellow on the outside. So it's just you know, there's no one probably in the Western world that isn't transported into a McDonald's store when I say that. And that's mm. a big that's a big reason why franchising works so well is because it's so easily identifiable. And so we want our story to be as easy our story with around our business to be as as easily identifiable as possible. And that's really what franchising is about, is simplifying the decision making process for the um, for the customer that has the same worldview as what our business is offering to them. So, you know, Jim's mowing isn't going to be for everybody, but it's going to be for certain people with the same worldview as as Jim's. And Seth Godden talks about this a bit in his book, you know, the, the importance of identifying your tribe and your people with your worldview. You're not trying to capture everyone. You're trying to capture the people that, you know, that are your specific target audience and you should always be pitching to them primarily. I'm with you. So that's where you're connecting with them when you've got an audience of maybe prospective franchisees 
um, is when you are relating some of your sort of life stories and events, um, I don't mean your life history, in as much as they relate to it. So they're feeling a, so if I say, if I say, gee, if 1979 I was club man of the year at Collinsville Rugby Club and there we were at the bar when someone said it's time we had floodlights around this ground. And, uh, and Garbo yeah. and I put our hands up and blah, blah, blah. So that's, is that, Brilliant. that's the sort of thing you mean. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, it was in that moment that we realised that if we had floodlights, we could play twenty four seven, and you know we could, you know, we could be, we could win the win the grand final or whatever, you know. But I guess that, you know, what, I guess that was that's a, that's a brilliant example of a story, Brian. And I guess the other the other thing about what makes a great business story is what's the what's the point? What's the business mm. point that comes out of that? You know, yeah. so. Um, yeah, well, but that—that's a great example. So there has to be a point. Yeah, it's just you do hear people wander on with things, and you think, what were they trying to say? I guess you you see it particularly on television programs, don't you, where they get celebs there and uh, they'll ramble off on the story, and you think, what what, what what's the outcome of this? Yeah. Yes. All right, excellent. Well, thank you. I'm really enjoying this. I'll tell you, you got you got me hooked. So, um, you've we've been hearing a little bit. A bit about the sorts of things we should do, and I'll run through a bit of summary from my notes when we finish shortly. But perhaps here, because I find the biggest area of that, that helps people is knowing what you shouldn't do, how to avoid the mistakes, because these are the costly learning curves that that, that really discourage people in business and which put people out of business. And at the same time, if you can avoid them, then you've got that much more chance of success. And that's where I see franchising as having a, a huge benefit. Um, so when we come to storytelling, what are the sorts of things we shouldn't do when telling a story? Yeah, great. So we've covered a few of them already, but let's, let's uh, just reiterate. So one of the first things is never start with, you know, I have this story, okay? As I said before, it disempowers the story and uh, people will often make pre-judgments about what you're going to say based on their uh, their story about what someone says when they say, you know, I've got this great story. <laughs> you should see how the, we've got stories even about stories. So uh, there's that. Yeah. You want to keep your stories relatively short, around three minutes for your business stories, okay? Um, you know, this is, this is one thing that, you know, living in such a busy world now, when we have time thieves who want to tell us stories that go for 33 minutes, you know, it just, it, it, it becomes um, an encroachment on our time. So you can make a business point and you, the story doesn't have any less power by telling something in three minutes as opposed to 33 minutes. Good point. Um, you know, like, yeah, so that's, that's the second thing. The third thing, as we've highlighted, is, you know, you must have a business point. You must um, be making some point from your, from your business story that is either, you don't have to state it, if it's implied and people get it automatically, then that's fine as well. But sometimes it's worth also stating it at the end, you know, so, so what this means is blah, blah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then depending on the different types of stories, there's different rules. So we have clarity stories, we have connection stories, we have influence stories. Uh, one of the things that we deal with is, is anti-stories. So when you've got stories in an organisation where people have, formed a negative view around the company or someone in the company, the only way really to overcome that is with a better story. You can't fight 
an anti story is facts. You've got to you've got to create a better story. A great example of this, I was actually I was at a on on the weekend I was at a um, at a friend's fiftieth uh, um, birthday party, and uh, and one of the guys there was a very successful mining uh, um, mining guy. He's, he's got several public companies in the mining space. Uh, his name's Alistair Cook, and he he has a company based over in Botswana, which produces um, power. And they had an anti-story that Botswana was landlocked, and therefore there was no market for their for their power. So they, Botswana is geographically has all the other countries of Africa surrounding it. And so um, he shared with me that they've changed the story around being landlocked. To being land linked, so land linked now means that uh, they can export power to all the countries that are sitting around them. So, can you see how simple that is? Going mm. from land locked, this story is now they're land linked. Now that story is like you know not even five seconds long, but it is very very powerful. I mean, anyone who I'm sharing this with now will probably never forget when they think of Botswana. You immediately think that it's landlocked. What is it landlocked or is it land linked? Um, and mm. that's the power of the story. What it uh, with, whereas with bullet points, you just get you're not really firing many synapses and, and neurons in your brain. Stories connect a whole lot of things, and they've studied, they've done MRIs to see that it lights up when you're listening to a story. Many more parts of the brain, and it also um, you also uh, do a thing called coupling. So you kind of a Sometimes finishing the story before I've even got into that part of the story, you're joining the dots, you know, and that's what the brain has the capacity to do. Wow, Tim, that's fascinating stuff. I like the analogy there with Botswana because I spent 10 years in Central Africa in a country called Malawi, which is land-linked. <laughs> there you go. Previously, exactly. yeah. previously it was landlocked. That's that's a very powerful yeah. little switch. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I better go changing all my copy on the uh, on the charity website that I've got. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. I love that, and I've I've learned a lot, and I can't wait to investigate what you do a bit further. Um, I'll just summarise some of the things I've picked up today. Uh, I, I think particularly it's the essence of a story that we can all use from today onwards. That you need to start with a time marker, so it needs to be you know somewhere and a place, so you've actually got. Uh, somewhere you can sort of geographically put it down to, and then you've got to have some events in it. You, you need to have some dialogue there about, you know, you were chatting or whatever was happening, and there's got to be something there that's a, an outcome. There's got to be a reason or a purpose that's clear to the people listening. So with that and the other comments that we've heard from Tim, I, I really hope you've got some value from it. Uh, I might add that um, t Tim is, is very accessible, um, what I'll do is ask Tim to uh, give us the, his best contact details, um, whether it's a website or whatever. What, what's the best way to contact you, Tim? Yeah, look, there's a couple of ways. I've got a, a Facebook site, timwise.com.au, um, and there's a lot of, for anyone who's interested in, in learning more about storytelling, I share a lot of information on there um, about, you know, and videos and, 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 and blogs and all sorts of things uh, about storytelling. Um, that's a good place. Also uh, on LinkedIn, um, people can connect with me on LinkedIn or check out you know my profile there. There's a lot of information. 
Um, my website, timwise.com.au, tends to be more generic because I do do other work in addition to storytelling. Um, so if you're specifically interested in the storytelling, I'd suggest uh, Facebook. Uh, if you're more interested in sort of generically what I do, timwise.com.au. Excellent. Okay. Um, well, that, that's that's brilliant. I've really enjoyed that. Um, and uh, I'm certainly looking forward to uh, investigating Tim's material more. I, I've certainly gained a lot of knowledge. What I'd like to do is, is to wrap up by saying, Tim, I really appreciate the time you've given us today. Thank you very much for coming along. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and uh, listening to your, your lovely anecdotal stories. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it, Brian. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, I just hope that uh, everyone's got some value. And, uh, as, you know, as you, as you said, if there's any questions, I'm, um, I'm uh, very happy to, uh, to come back through you and, and answer any of those. Um, or if people want to contact me directly, they can do that as well. Lovely. So that was, that was Tim Wise. Uh, so that's just signing off now from Franchise Radio. Look forward to catching up with you again when we're next online. Goodbye. to the franchise rate.